0: Did you did you drink out of the garden hose though? Oh heck yeah! Yeah, me too.
1: Still do that too.
0: <laughs> you have to be careful now because some hoses aren't drink drinking water safe. So I'm still
2: here. Were the oh. ones in 1970 <laughs> drinking water safe?
0: <laughs> well, we didn't know if they were or not. So uh, I wasn't here then. Mm. So.
2: All right. Let's talk about speaking of old neighborhoods and what you grew up in. Let's talk about community.
0: <laughs> what? A segue.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Life Plus God podcast. My name is Alyssa Robinson. I'm your host, and I am here with two great friends. First, Reverend Karen Kraska, one of our associate pastors here at TREACH, and second, Aaron Willis, our sound engineer. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. One of these things is not like the
2: other. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. And today, the question we're exploring is, what makes a church community? Um, and the reason we're talking about this is because we've had a big focus lately on um, community is not just living inside the four walls of a church or in our case, the 1000 walls <laughs> of the church. <laughs> we have so many walls, uh, but community should be spreading out into the actual area that you live in. And so we want to, it can kind of feel like an overwhelming idea of like the church community being outside of the church because we work so hard to build up those walls and make sure that we're feeling safe. Uh, But hey, let's, let's get a little unsafe today (laughs) and go outside of that. I want to hear from y'all like the community of your childhood what does it feel like compared to where you're living now? What's changed for you in what it means to be in community?
1: Well, where, where we live, we live in Copper Canyon. And um, I would say there's a lot more similarities than differences in this uh, in this community in this neighborhood where your kids go to school the activities your children are in the clubs the organizations to your point to the church we attend our friends are here um, so many of our friends are here we've got a great we've got great neighbors and uh, through the kids' schools and activities and some family has moved here since we've been here so I would say it's it's pretty darn similar to the way that I grew up but I think the way uh, church is understood is a little bit different. Used to, the church was the hub kind of of the wheel and the spokes of you came to to church and this is where your kids did choir and where you had um, the quilters, which of course we have, but all those activities were kind of centered in one church location, one church building. The church had, you know, all the different programs and opportunities. And if you were affiliated with that church, then you did everything in that in that place. Now we don't see that. We see people who do a women's Bible study at this church because maybe their neighbor goes there. And if we don't have a strong you know, presence for, say, singles ministry or whatever, then you go to another church where they have a good group. And if you don't have a sports ministry at your church, then you come to Treach and you do upwards. Mm-hmm. And if you're church doesn't have a children's choir. We've had kids come from other churches where there are no children's choirs. So... I think that we're consumeristic, and I'm not saying that is a bad thing, but if a church really has a strong X and you're like, I really want my kid or my spouse or I want to participate in a really excellent blank, then I'm going to go to this church. So the idea of one church being the community center and the focus has very much— that's been a big shift um, throughout my ministry.
2: Mm. I'm wondering if that means— Our idea of what community is has changed because I I was thinking of that too. Um, do we see community as activities now, of like that's what it is to be in community is to be active, or is it relationship based? Because what it sounds like more relationship based, yeah. But what it sounds like to me is if we're like church hopping and picking, I want to do this from this church and this from that church and that, um it feels like
1: there wouldn't be as much of an opportunity for like deep, meaningful relationship. I think those come sometimes in the small group, whatever yeah. that is. If you're in the PTA at the school, then your community in in the school system is going to be those with whom you serve and work. So I think it's both. And I mean, obviously you can be in community and not be in small groups with neighbors and, and family and all, but Speaking specifically to the organized church, um, there's just been a big shift.
2: Yeah,
0: I I think it's both. I mean, community definitely is activity, and I think community is relationships. Um, You know, in the past, um, golly, probably 10 years, I've kind of uh, come into the realization that there are all types of chemistry, a lot of times I think that we just think of chemistry as being like a, a romantic relationship. But uh, I'm realizing now that I have like um, business chemistry with people. I have creative chemistry. I have friendship chemistry with people. And that chemistry might draw me to that person, but not, not necessarily in a, in a romantic way at all. Or I can have business chemistry with somebody that we don't have a lot in common and we're not particularly like friends. We're not going to go hang out, but it's like when we get together and start working on something, yeah. something really incredible happens. Um, you know, speaking of like small groups and, and churches, I have historically not found good community in small groups, just personally. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have, and so it's not a slight on that at all. Um, there have been some small group experiences where I'm like, I have never felt more alone <laughs> than I do sitting in this group of people that I have
2: nothing in common with, absolutely yeah. nothing
0: in common with. And we we have been in some small group situations where we've made some lifelong friends uh, as well. Um, but you know, just in my experience, that's absolutely been the um, the exception to the rule. Meanwhile, uh, being involved in some sort of ministry inside the church. I have found, you know, incredible uh, teamwork, friendships, all of that kind of thing, um, because we are unified around an activity or a common goal or something like that. So, you know, for me, it's both. Uh, it, it it definitely can be both. Uh, I can I can have a relationship with somebody for no good reason, and then I can. Uh, I cannot have a relationship with somebody that I have every reason to. Yeah. As musicians, we get this all the time. You know, they'll, they'll be like, oh, you'll love Karen. She sings. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> or like one of my, uh, sure. like we'll meet somebody and. The, uh, like, they'll be, oh, my husband plays guitar. You guys are going to get along great. And I'm like, I have met a lot of guitar players that I don't ever need to speak to again in my whole entire life. That means nothing. Oh, it's like saying, oh, you both have a Honda? Wow, you guys are going <laughs> to. Nope. Yeah. None of that. So.
2: Well, well what are you looking for when you look for community? Like when you think of, and not just in the church, but outside of the church, when you're seeking community, what are you seeking and why are you seeking it? Because I, this is a concept I really struggle with and it might just be like, I'm a different phase of life or my life looks a little bit different than the two of yours. Um, But my home life is very isolated. I am single. I don't have kids. And so the community that I was raised in and the community I'm living in now look and feel very different. Like my parents participated in block parties. The kids all played with each other. The They were friends with the next door neighbors. I know my neighbors' names, but Mm. we never talk to each other. And in the, you know, seven years I was living in apartments before owning my house, it is like against the law to talk to people Mm. in apartment complexes. Like it is not part of the apartment culture. Do not talk to me as I'm coming to and from my door. It's really weird. And it's unsettling (laughs) when people try to talk to you uh, when you live in an apartment. And so I feel feel like I've kind of been uh phased out almost of like what it is to be in community because I feel like a large driver of getting involved again is like trying to find something for your kids or trying to and I'm here I am in my mid-30s don't have kids don't plan on having them not married don't plan on getting married you know and um I'm really happy with like the friends that I have, the family I have, the connections that I have. And so I'm really struggling with the idea of like, okay, why are we seeking community and why, what is it that we're looking for? So I want to hear from y'all, like, because y'all both seem to be people who value community and community building. And I want to hear like, what am I not
1: getting? (laughs)
2: tell me this is what you're not getting
1: (laughs) i think we're taking a concept a word Uh (laughs) community and trying to translate it you know in every area of our lives i mean obviously um like your to your point of affinity groups just because you have a common interest doesn't mean you're going to go to a deeper level you Mm -hmm. know john wesley said if your heart's like mine give me your hand we can we can be unified and find each other's value, though we are very different. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to be like-minded in everything. We don't have to all go to the same, you know— groups or organizations and have so many similarities. And I think that's a detriment in our society today is we all know what everybody thinks about things or we think we do because of social media. And already there's a schism before I ever know you. If Mm -hmm. I know what you think, how you vote, where you eat, where you're educated, where you go to church, or if you do or whatever, I think that's a little bit detrimental because in the body of Christ, We all can't be hands and feet and ears, and we need each other, just like in a community. If everybody had the same job, then we wouldn't have police officers and doctors and teachers and ministers. So I think the idea of Christian community is we value each other for our differences. Whereas when you think of community, to your point, it's very homogenized. We all are in the same socioeconomic circle. We all kind of look the same. We all kind of, you know, dress the same. But in the body of Christ, praise God, there's all this diversity. There's all this unity, not because we look alike, not because we exactly vote alike or think alike on everything, but because we have Jesus Christ and guiding us. And hopefully, we're all trying to make the world a better place in the name of Christ and feed the hungry, and clothe the naked, and grow in our faith, and grow deeper, not because we want to homogenize everybody to think and look exactly like I think and look, but because that's what Christ called us to do.
0: Yeah, I think um, if I'm like boiling down the concept of community, I think what, what I feel when I'm in community is acceptance. Um, uh, and, uh, that can be a lot of different things. You know, I have a, um, a a, a pretty, <laughs> a, a pretty aggressive sense of humor, I guess I would, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> um, <laughs> we like your sense of humor. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I say things, uh, quickly uh, a lot of times, uh, because they seem funny in my head. And then uh, when it escapes, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's a mixed crowd. Um, but, uh, you know, here's, I guess here's the thing. We have a tendency to prejudge people that we don't know anything about. And on the flip side, when you're in community, you have a tendency to not judge people that you know everything about. The people that you could potentially prejudge their intentions or their motivations, when you are in a, a, a level of acceptance with them, you can go to them and say, I, I made a mistake or, or I'm hurt or you did something that I need to talk to you about. And if we are in this level of acceptance, we don't... It's not even that we don't have the prejudging. We don't have the judging in general. And I think that's what, uh, for me, I think that's really what I'm looking for when I think about uh, community. Uh, There's uh, like a person in my family, for instance. If you asked us like politically what positions, what, organizations, movements, all that stuff, what do we side with? We would be opposite every time. And then when we talk about nothing but the gray areas in between all of those positions, we think the same things because we're both generally good people who care about other people. And... So it's very hard to kind of reconcile that, um, and I'm, I'm sure it is for them as well. Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't matter because I, I accept this person, and, and, and I, I love them, I care for them, and whatever area that falls into, whatever depth of relationship that is. Uh, so, yeah, I think for me... As I've gotten older, if you had asked me what it was, community is friends and family. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when I got uh, a little bit older, um, community is like your best friends. Because when you get out of school and college and you get into work and all that kind of stuff, you go from having 8,000 friends to 17. And then- you have
2: 17? No,
0: no, no, no. Then... <laughs> <laughs> then people start getting married and people start having kids and you have two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I love those two people. They're fantastic. Um, but so really for me, I think it, I think it is acceptance. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, whenever I feel like I'm in community, regardless of the situation, the circumstances, the activities, the surroundings, whatever it is, that's... That's what, I, that's what I strive to have, and that's what I strive to give as well. So,
1: you know, when you were talking about, we're going to talk about community, I think. Um You know, if there was a barn raising in a community and everybody comes together and somebody brings the nails and somebody has the physical work and somebody cooks the food and all that, just like – or building a habitat house or something like that, that's community, whether it's on your street or not. also think about bearing each other's burdens. When there is a catastrophe, there was a – tornado that ripped through where my cousins live uh, within the last few years. And they kept saying, oh, my gosh, our community, our community has come together. Our community has rallied. And that was a geographical community because they were all hit and Mm -hmm. they were suffering the same kind of catastrophe together. And there's there's and there's power this in instant that. empathy for there's each other. Instant of like empathy. okay, we're all in this. Like yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that kind of idea of how can we help yeah. um how can we help give someone else a hand up or a leg up or just a hug or whatever if we all do our part. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm, I'm curious, uh, which team each of you consider yourself to be on introvert or extrovert extrovert all the way.
1: Ooh,
0: I am an, uh, extroverted introvert.
2: See, there is like, I, (laughs) I think I'm kind of like an ambivert, like whatever that I, I lean more towards introvert, but tell me you're an extroverted introvert.
0: Yeah. So I don't, um, like on my own, I don't ever seek out if I'm left to my own devices. Like I would sit at home and do nothing. Mm. Like I'd be totally fine just like watching TV, reading books, playing video games, playing guitar, just doing hobbies, hanging out with the 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 dogs, my wife and child. And like, I don't have to go anywhere. But when I'm around people in that moment, I can be very energized and I can really enjoy myself. And then when it's over, I'm like, Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> I need to not do anything for three days. Yeah,
0: like, uh, yeah. That, was, that was good. That was good. I'm, I'm going to take a rest <laughs> now. Mm-hmm. So so it, it, it is really strange because it, it is something that I do really enjoy. Like, I do really enjoy being around people uh, to a point. Yeah. And then I'm just like, the, the, the tank is empty, and I, like, I'm going to have to take a bubble bath after that. I, I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Like, I need some downtime. So, Yeah.
2: Well, and I asked that because, um, and I think Aaron, I'm very similar to you. My partner laughs at me because I have this rule of like, which I think people with kids would laugh at, but I have this rule of like, we can only do one thing on a Saturday. (laughs) Like, what's the one thing you want to do? Because I'm not going to be running from place to place to place like this. If we're going to a party tonight, that's it. That's what we're doing today. We are not doing anything else. If we're going to a movie in the afternoon that's it. Maybe we can add a lunch before the movie if you want to, (laughs) but the movie is the thing. And we're not going to add in all of these other things. Like I'm not going to do eight hours of things on a Saturday because I'm like, I need my rest time. Like, yes, I want to go out and do things. I want to be a part of a community, but I need my rest time. And Sometimes I think about, you know, when Jesus, uh, so Jesus's main goal here was like kingdom building, right. Of like showing, Hey, this is what the kingdom looks like here on earth. And a lot of it felt like community (laughs) building and how to be in community with each other. And sometimes I get caught up. I mentioned this to Karen, uh, that, it feels like a very extroverted endeavor. And what does community building look like for us introverts who would be perfectly happy to not come in contact with anyone for a solid month and uh, not feel like I'm missing out on anything? Because that's, I think that the pitch that's given to me on community of like, you don't know what you're missing. And I'm like, I yeah. don't know if that's true yeah. because <laughs> I feel very content and connected to God sitting at home by myself yeah. right now. Well, <laughs>
1: enter the Holy Spirit. Maybe you should be in a monastic community. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, I think to the back to the, every, we're, we're all so different and unique and praise God. Mm-hmm. But as the church was being built, when the Holy Spirit kind of, you know, enters the scene, there are folks obviously in the Christian community, the body of Christ, if everybody was an upfront, let's gather together and put on a show kind of personality, uh, then who would make the costumes and who would, you know, pay the bills and who would, you know, it takes all of us. So I don't think it's a better than or community has to be a rah-rah, we get together out in the park and have a picnic. Mm-hmm. That That's an element of communion where we get to know people. But a quiet conversation over a cup of coffee, or being by yourself to recharge, and then going out into your point, maybe waving at the neighbor and saying, "You know what? I'm going to take just a few moments." That was my to one say, thing to say. How are today? you? <laughs> exactly. Little things, little yeah. things that help us uh, build community.
0: I totally agree with that, and uh, you know, I think when I grew up uh, on the Baptist side of the evangelical church, um, we had this concept of like. You know, Billy Graham and uh, our youth group would get out and go to the mall mm-hmm. and witness to people. Mm-hmm. It was nightmare, like absolute toe curling uncomfortableness. Um, and
2: there's probably some kids who loved it. I who, would who love it. Who, they're, like,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: And I would just feel so out of my element.
0: But on the flip side, I could. I could go up to anybody, one person, and immediately talk about my darkest days mm. if, if I felt like that could help that one person. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, uh, I, I totally agree with Karen, and I love that you find the value in those things that are outside of you that aren't natural to you. But, um, I don't, uh, I'm not going to, to be the Billy Graham thing. I'm not going to go walk up to strangers, but I will find that person who's hurting and spend weeks Mm. being in their life. That's see, the-
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't normally go up and you know the witnessing and the evangelism. But if I were in a group. And I felt like I had that support. Yeah, I would, I would enjoy that. But if it was yeah. just me and you told me to go out by myself, I'd be terrified.
0: It for me, it was worse than the group for some reason. I just, mm. I think I'm, I think I might be just too empathetic. And I'm, you know, we're we're at the food court, and this person's just trying to choke down their corn dog seven before they have <laughs> to go work at Express Men's <laughs> again. And I'm like, do you have a moment for me to talk to you about the Lord, please? Because everybody's watching. And the Lord is watching <laughs> and my pastor's watching. Yeah. So can you just, you have, oh. you have mustard on your nose. Wow. Yeah. Like, I have
2: on my list. I have to talk to at least five people today right? yeah. and you're oh. one of the lucky people. I,
0: oh. I just, I felt oh, like, God. like a, like an Avon salesman. It was yeah. just the worst yeah. thing. Yeah. No, no slight to Avon salespeople. Um, <laughs>
2: But I, but I'm this, I love deep, meaningful conversations about spirituality and God and understanding of Christianity and all of that. Um, But I want the other person to want to talk about it and like to, and not because I'm trying to proselytize and maybe that's where I've gotten confused on like, what is community building for a church? Because I think that in my upbringing, upbra- it was kind of centered around proselytizing mm-hmm. and um spreading the good news. It was yes. all about how are you spreading the good news? Well, it's the Great Commission. Right. Yes. So right. we have to take that seriously. Right.
1: Absolutely.
2: But... Um, I think that we've kind of pigeon ourselves into what that looks
1: like. Absolutely. And
2: said, okay, there's one way to fulfill yeah. the Great Commission, which right. to, you know, the conversation earlier, that's not true. We're all so different so and different. we all have so many different gifts.
0: And the circumstances of others are so different. Right. So sometimes... There's not
2: a one-size-fits-all. Sometimes the yeah. Great
0: Commission is, you know, organizing... A catering company to go down to the tent city Mm -hmm. and feed the people with with no strings attached. There's no quid pro quo on the other side of this that you have to come be in a thing. We're just here to shine the light. Mm -hmm. We're just here to help you. And without uh, an
1: agenda, you think you're going to come to our church. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, (laughs) and what? So that's another
2: question. What role should the church play? In the community, because um, serving is a huge part of that. How are we serving other people? But sometimes it does feel like there's an agenda with it. Of like, I'm serving you, but right. I'm also like, I if you're gonna get this bread, then I'm going to give you this Bible. I'm gonna talk to you about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try and talk you into coming to my church. You know, right. all of these things. Um, how how is How do we build community outside of this church, but as
1: a church? You know, to your point of doing things in Jesus' name, when we go and we give, when we serve, when we help, when we offer divorce care or AA groups meet here or Boy Scouts or whatever, the idea is not come to our church to this meeting or this help group, or we give a kid a backpack so they'll... Instantly go, oh wow, yay, Jesus. But if we say I'm doing this because I am a Christ follower and I'm called to love and I'm called to serve, I have a friend, Joyce Cravens, and she's actually a pastor in this area. And she was raised in a very low socioeconomic system, very, um, her story is, is really powerful. And she lived down the street from a little. That board church, and she tells yeah. her story of how when she was a kid, she wanted to go to that church because they gave her graham crackers and lemonade, and she went to Sunday school. And she has a really powerful witness of how she came to know Christ and how her life was transformed because of the kindness mm-hmm. and generosity. Her parents didn't bring her; mm-hmm. she went by herself and was wow. kind of bedraggled. And so <laughs>
2: bedraggled, I like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and you know that that was how she came to. No, Christ was through kindness and goodness and gentleness, not because we're so good, but because God is so good.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I had just, to me, spreading community, um, it feels like biblically, it should be building up. Um, you know, if we do take those people who are uh, underprivileged in any way, maybe you are rich but you're hurting inside. Maybe you've had a traumatic past. That is a form of underprivilege. You're not functioning well. And then there are people who are uh, socioeconomically poor that are very rich of heart. Mm -hmm. They need a different type of help. Mm. We all need help, all of us. Um, If you think that you're doing okay... (laughs) sit down for a minute and think through uh everything but like uh, uh uh inviting and caring uh without motive and i don't mean just inviting to the church but like like karen said all of those activities offering those things without motive of you have to be a member here or there's not some hard sales pitch at the end it, that's always felt the more genuine way to spread the gospel mm-hmm. to me than going out and trying to have this, like, opportunistic, you know, deal. Really, the, the, the opportunistic side of it should be you finding the opportunities to help. Because if I approach somebody who I think um, uh, might not uh, be housed, mm-hmm. let's just say, um, and, and – I'm looking at them, maybe they're sitting outside. Uh, I live in Denton. We have a pretty large um, population of people who are displaced from housing. And so, like, a lot of times outside Target, I'll see people with their bikes and their bags and their dogs and stuff like that. So if I approach them, um, I'll be honest, my immediate goal is not how do I get them into church, but churches— Big Capital C Church, and this church in particular, which is one of the reasons why I'm here, when I think about the church, the church should stand as a resource Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Are you hungry? We have food at the church. Do you need housing? Let's talk to somebody at the church. I called uh, Pastor Doug... Several weeks ago, about, uh, uh, I, there was a girl who had gotten in an accident when it was raining and busted two tires on her car when she slid off the road. I called Doug to see about the Good Samaritan Fund to help her get money for her tires. If you need a job, think of all the people here at the church that know people. Like That's always been like, that's what the church should be doing to me. It should be so natural to have everybody who is hurting or has a need to come through the doors of the church to receive the things that they need and for the church to supply that, that we're not doing the work of evangelizing. They're being in the church because the church is being a resource to them. And if they don't ever, if they don't ever accept, that's not my job. That's Mm. the Holy Spirit's job. But if I can point and say, we have this, we have this, we have this, just come talk to somebody. And we
1: definitely have, as someone who takes a lot of those calls, (laughs) 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 let me just clarify, Um, we have lots of resources, to your point, and we work with social service agencies and justice ministries because we can't have a closed closet and a food pantry and hot lunches. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we are not a social service agency. We're a religious organization, Yes, but we don't turn our back on anyone. Right, We try to help. Everyone.
0: Yeah, and, we, you can't do all the sure. things. Um, uh, it's just not feasible. Right. But you can be a resource for absolutely. all the things. Absolutely. You can have contact with those homeless shelters. You and can have when contacts. people want
1: to have relationship with us ongoing, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely.
0: I have found uh, incredible charities and nonprofits through this church. I think that's a huge thing. Uh, One of the things that I love about TREACH is that uh, there are some churches that if the buck stops here, that's just where it stops. Mm -hmm. You guys have been very intentional about saying, that's not a thing that we do, but Mm -hmm. here are the people that do that. Here is the person at that place. They'll know exactly what to do. And uh, I mean, networking... In and of itself is just a huge thing, especially if you have somebody in need. Um, what's the 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 house uh, the the home for uh, for teens that have been displaced? Kyle's place. Kyle's, Kyle's place. place yeah. Thank you. I couldn't remember the name. We went and um, we went and did like just a a deep clean there. Um, one time when they were kind of uh, they had taken most of the kids out and they were doing an activity, and they had the kids all like put all their stuff away and clean up their areas and everything like that, and we went in and we just like deep cleaned everything for them. Mm -hmm. And you walk in that place, for instance, and you see that it's really nice. It looks really safe. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this is in my area. Mm -hmm. That makes me proud. Mm -hmm. This is in my community. And uh, now I have that resource. That's one of the things that, one of the reasons that I'm here is because I have been to other churches, I have worked for other churches that if they're not the ones providing the service, they don't find a lot of value Mm. in passing that off. Mm. That could be an administration thing. I'm I'm not saying anything against any other church specifically, but at the same time, that's one of the things that has drawn me to TREACH is that... I do feel like we are doing uh, what we can with the resources that we have to build up without uh, ulterior motive other than for us to shine the light of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's really it.
2: Well, and that's one of the things, um, thinking about one of the questions I had had written down for y'all of, if you... uh, were to imagine a church utopia, um, what does that look like? And I feel like, Aaron, you basically just described it, this whole idea of church with a capital C of... Um, there are so many, cause I know like we've directed people to other churches before. If there yeah, is a absolutely. church that does something better <laughs> than we do. And I know just recently Flower Mound United Methodist has said, Hey, we don't do that to someone who was looking for help with something specific, but said, why don't you try treat because we know that they have a really great program. And so this whole idea of like... Churches, stop competing with each other. Stop trying to get people to come into your doors and work together to figure out like, how can we help and support and love this community around us? And I feel like that's a huge part of it. And I really wish, and I think it's true for some people, but not as many people as I'd like, because there's a lot of pain and hurt that has come from the church for Mm -hmm. people, individuals Mm -hmm. that they've experienced. But I would hope, like, if you're really struggling with something, whether it be um, mental health, food insecurity, uh, job, uh, home displacement, I lost my job, whatever it is, like, I would hope that your first stop would be the church. Um, There's, even if, I don't know, even if you're not particularly spiritual. My hope if we're thinking of like this utopia thinking okay, I know that a church will help me with whatever it is I need. Um I and I really believe that that's true that churches will do that, but I don't know if we do a good job of letting people know like hey, we don't have an agenda here. We right. just want to help you right. in right. any way that you can because I think and maybe <laughs> it's a result of like our consumer culture that you mentioned before of like everything is so transactional. Yes. It's just this thought in the back of our heads of like, they're going to want something from me. They're going to, you know, try to convert me or they're going to try to make me participate in something or make me donate or, or whatever it Mm is. I don't know, but I, I, I think about, um, so just recently, it's funny the way that God does things, and as I'm preparing for this podcast episode, something happens that is just the perfect mm-hmm. illustration of community. Uh, but I go to Oaklawn United Methodist in Dallas. That's the church that I'm a member of, and um, I have a friend who she has moved around a lot recently. Uh, within the past year and a half, moved to Colorado and has been struggling and and she has some mental health issues. And recently um, she made the decision to check herself into a mental health facility to help her as like, she's trying to change medications. Mm. And, um, she reached out to the group of people that she knew from Oaklawn and said, Hey, um, I was just wondering, I'm really struggling right now. Would y'all be willing to call me every now and then just to check on me because I haven't really found a community here. And um, so called her, had a conversation with her, and she was like, yeah, it's really hard because I've built such a beautiful community at this church to like be away from y'all, but I also know if I'm going through anything in my life, I can pick up the phone and call and y'all will respond and y'all will do anything. And you will send people to me if you need to. And like, she's getting phone calls and she's getting support and all of these things. And I'm just like, that's community. That's and community. she's out of state right. and she, but she that's still incredible. feels like this deep connection mm-hmm. to the church. And all she wants is like, Hey, could someone check on me every now and then? And like, stay connected with me. That's yeah. all I want. Someone stay connected with me because I'm struggling. Right. And, um, It's a small effort and such a meaningful connection that I'm just like, wow, that is exactly what the utopia is. Like that's community.
1: (laughs) And God created us for community, whether you're Mm -hmm. an introvert or an extrovert, that has nothing to do with a community where somebody knows your name, Mm -hmm. where people know your story where you can weep. There's a beautiful, uh, I remember hearing this many years ago, Barbara Cruth that goes to our church. She lost a parent. This has been a long time ago. But when she was sharing it with the choir, she said, I was so numb, I couldn't cry. And one of the ladies in her Bible study said, can I hug you and just cry for you? And how touched she was that literally this friend in her Bible study was bearing her burden literally yeah. and weeping for her, and it just gives me chills. And that's yeah. what I think about the, the Christian community, where we are trying to embody not judgment and not we're trying to you know get you in the walls of our church or get your money or or you know make sure you're you're going to heaven. We want you to know G- the person of Jesus Christ, and we want you to understand that. We're going to try to help and bear your burdens and lift you up and weep with you and celebrate with you and love you through the good and the bad.
2: And maybe it's going back to your original description of like, what is community? It's a place where you feel loved and accepted and taking Mm -hmm. that with you wherever you go. And it doesn't have to be at the church, wherever you feel loved and accepted.
0: Yeah. I just want to say thank you to you both for letting me be here for this. Um, this church is full of intelligent, intuitive uh, people. I'm sitting here with. Oh my gosh, I've never been them. called
1: intelligent or intuitive. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, a first.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> it's Thank you, true. Aaron. They say it, it behind your back all the yeah. time. <laughs>
0: I don't. I don't know uh, why I got roped into this, but I appreciate the. You're chance always to, fun and very. To, to sit here and uh, and be a part of it, and um, yeah, it was it's great to talk with both of you. I appreciate your insight.
2: All right, until next time. Okay. (laughs) The Life Plus God podcast is hosted, written, and produced by me, Alyssa Robinson, and sponsored by TREACH Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. If you live in the Flower Mound area, I invite you to stop by and see if TREACH could be your new church family. You can learn more about all of our programs and events at tmumc.org. And I hope to catch you next week for our next episode of the Life Plus God podcast.